The Florida Gators football team has started their, I mean, currently undefeated season. One and I under Billy Napier. We're going to break down four big plays because it's the return of Tape Tuesday here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday, happy Tape Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with the whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. Before starting, uh, if you were one of the few people that took a picture with me in, in Gainesville, send it to me, DM it to me here, uh, or well, on Twitter, or Locked on Gators Instagram, whatever it is, would be greatly appreciated. Also trying to hit 2,500 subscribers by next week. Big, big, uh, big progress yesterday, so thank you for that. But now, it's Tape Tuesday time. Uh, if you're new here, which a lot of you are, the show has grown dramatically since last year, um... I'm going to try to do this every week. I will also say I can't show the film copyright stuff. Yay. Um, and I, it's not, you know, it, 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 it's, it, is, it is what it is. Uh, we're looking at whiteboard. I'm drawing up the place, so there still is visuals. So if you're just listening, I urge you to, at least on Tuesdays, check out Lockdown Gators YouTube. First play we're breaking down is... Um, I think it's fairly obvious what should be the first play, and it is clearly the Anthony Richardson uh, two-point conversion. Again, if you're new here, welcome. This is the two-point conversion Anthony Richardson. This is what we use. We use PlayRPro.com. It's a fantastic website. I love using it. I, I That's not paid. I, I pay for it. That's what, that's what we're talking about with PlayRPro. It is just, just a spectacular website to do this specifically on so we're going to take a look at Anthony Richardson's two-point conversion. Of course, this was, I mean, the the wildest thing that we've seen in quite some time in Gainesville. This is, I mean, we've seen Tim Tebow do the jump pass. We've seen a lot of people replicate the jump pass. This was something new. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the art here on the screen for you so you can at least see that and see exactly what it was that happened. Uh, but that's what we're looking at. This is a... Play action, fake jump, pump pass. It, it was ridiculous. Uh, you, I'm not sure how easy it is for you to see the numbers here, but that's 15 dropping back. Number three is the first guy that gets close to him, um, and number three makes looks. He's kind of made to look silly. You can see that he he drops off to the side here, and that's a very fun part because that is Mahmoud Diabate, the former Florida Gator who had one of the most egregious fake cramp, fake injury moments uh, that I've probably ever seen in all of football. It was just, it, it was honestly, um, yeah, it, it was disgustingly egregious. So I absolutely hate that. But here you see Anthony Richardson, he pump fakes right as Diabate closes the gap. Then he rolls out. Lander Barton, I believe, is number 20 on Utah. The, the true freshman just could not keep up with him. He rolls to the right. Diabate is just wide open. I also want to talk about how, you know, I spent a lot of time throughout j- just this, uh, this this preview cycle of this game, and I was like, look, the Utah safeties, 
you need to make them prove that they are good enough. You got Cole Bishop, you got Lander Barton. Cole Bishop is one of these safeties um, that, that honestly just not super impressive. Kareen Reed is someone that they were like, oh, hey, he's fantastic. Everybody here kind of just it, it went haywire. No one tracked Jaquavian Frazier's to that back right corner. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was Kareen Reed, if it was Cole Bishop, if it was uh, RJ Hubert, I believe is the other name. I, I don't know who screwed it up here. But I know that Debade screwed up that pursuit where he could have had a sack. Instead, he wanted to stick his hand up and try to deflect the ball, which I understand wanting to do, especially when you're playing against someone who is as um, as strong-armed as Anthony Richardson, where even through, even through, um, even through, I want to say, pressure or getting hit, he can make these passes. But this was just horrible. Debade jumped up and then fell down when he didn't get the sack. Lander Barton took a, a bad angle, but again, I think that maybe he thought um, that Diabati was going to get that sack. He did not. You had Naquan Wright go into the front end of the end zone here, and you see that corner on the far right kind of rode that wave instead of dropping back. So I don't know if maybe Kareen Reed was supposed to be the one in Jaquavian Frazier's if that Xavier Henderson motion really screwed them up there. Uh, I, I don't know what it was exactly, but it was fantastic drop. Just very creative from the Florida Gators. And we're about to take a look at another passing play that was a big gain. Almost got into the end zone. It's the fourth and two completion. Anthony Richardson to Montreal Johnson. This one, I, I wanted, I want you to like take a, take a second to look at this before I start playing the actual play here. Lined up on the left hash, which is relevant here. It's important. I'm not just saying that to say it. Lined up on the left hash. Pistol set with a bunch on the right. It's 12 personnel. It's Dante Zanders. Dante Zanders is right over here. Keon Zipper is right here. You've got Dejon Reynolds is number eight on the field there. And Justin Shorter is the other receiver with Montreal Johnson in the backfield here. Utah is just completely bought in on this run. There are so many people. All 11 defenders for Utah were within Five yards of the line of scrimmage. They were all bunched up here. They were all playing the run, which is also why I say I don't know if this is cover zero by Utah or if they just bit so hard on this play fake that it took everybody out. And this is what I was talking about when I was like, oh, test those safeties. Cole Bishop is the safety here that gets kind of targeted a little bit. We'll watch this where, again, I don't know if this is cover zero or if it's just the defense biting incredibly hard on this play fake, but Anthony Richardson hits the play fake to Montreal Johnson. Montreal Johnson is wide open right outside that right hash marker. That's the importance of lining up on that left side. You roll out to the right, you've got a lot of space. And this is where also that it's called R flat, I believe is the technical name of this. Uh, you see Anthony Richardson roll out and you can kind of tell he's got the freedom to either roll with this and run with it or check it down to Montreal Johnson Smart to check it down to Montreal Johnson. He also could have gone either way. Again, this was fourth and two. So if you're Anthony Richardson, you go, if I roll out with all this space and one defender in front of me, I am going to pick up this first down and then some. But, I mean, and you also run the risk of if you dump it off, could uh, could could be a drop or something silly like that could happen instead of taking it yourself. But this is the right read for Anthony Richardson. Perfectly hit. Montreal Johnson there, who almost scored. Uh, he did get pushed out at the two. I know it was initially called a touchdown, 
and Gators lost their mind when it happened. Uh, I thought it was clearly short. Uh, in fact, I, I believe he was ruled out at the two after that. Uh, but yeah, again, I don't know if this is Cole Bishop's fault or if he was actually making the right play. He did save the touchdown. I don't know if he actually made the right play and covered for somebody else when Montreal Johnson started hitting to that flat, but Utah got demolished on this play. This was just a fantastic, not just not just play call and not just play design, but this was a fantastic execution from this Florida Gators team. Uh, the offensive line did a great job. I believe that's called dart right there. I'm still learning some things. I believe that's called dart right there where Osiris Torrance, that right guard, pulls all the way to the outside, and he's blocking that left side to kind of buy in there. It's also like a split zone with Keon Zipper coming across the left. It's a hard sell here for Florida, which is fantastic considering how hard Utah bit on this, and that makes sense why Utah would bite so hard on it because of that hard sell. Justin Shorter seemed like his role was kind of just clear out the middle and be there if uh, if they covered that rollout from Anthony Richardson and covered Montreal Johnson. But when you show so heavily that you're running to the left and you've got linebackers that are reading what the offensive line is doing and you see one offensive lineman cut across from the right guard spot outside the left tackle, you're going to get a lot of people to bite here. And that's pretty much what happened with the Florida Gators and Utah Utes and this play. Fantastic touchdown. Hopefully we'll see a lot more of this Montreal Johnson-Anthony Richardson connection. Uh, we're about to get into the defensive side of the ball, which is, uh, I think, I want to say my favorite part about talking about the Florida Gators and then breaking down this scheme here. But first, a quick word from Underdog, because this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. You could have made a solid bit of money this past weekend. It's very fun. And like, you gotta worry also. This is incredibly easy. So easy, I can do it. I suck at daily fantasy. That just is what it is. But you can pick up, I know this past week, Anthony Richardson rushing yards against Utah was incredibly easy. The over-under was set at 41 and a half. And, well, he had a 45-yard rushing touchdown. So you tell me if the over was easy money. And I would take the over again this week. I don't even know what it's going to be set at. But I will take the over again this week. If if I'm watching this game, I'm like, yeah, that, that's an easy over for me. I think you got to sign up with the promo code locked on, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store. Put promo code locked on and get in on the college football pick em action today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Here we're talking about this tape Tuesday again. We're looking at the defensive side of the ball for this segment. And if you can't tell by that little circle in the middle of the screen over here, the north part of the screen here, this is the Amari Bernie interception. Um, It was just fantastic. It was obviously the game ceiling interception here. We're going to watch it one time. Real quick, once I uh, once I get right there, this was just fantastic. I didn't mark all the Utah players because I don't think it mattered a ton here. But I will also say, I want to point out something here. With You can see 28, Devin Moore, right up there. He goes in motion with the receiver, with 21. He rides that wave over there. And I saw a lot of people, and I know I talked about this yesterday. I saw a lot of people say, oh, well, right as Cam Rising's throwing that ball, you have 21 breaking free from Devin Moore. Here's the thing. No, you don't. The reason that Devin Moore stopped covering 21 
is because he saw Cam Rising throwing the football. Uh, so that that's very clearly why Devin Moore kind of backed off there and started coming a bit towards the ball again. It was, I, I think, the worst read and the worst throw that we saw from Cam Rising where he was clearly just forcing the issue there. Uh, it was just just so poorly done. Dalton Kincaid is the one that uh, that was targeted on that play, and it was just I still cannot believe how horrible of a read and and just how bad that was because look, Dalton Kincaid is covered the entire way here, and not just covered by Amari Bernie. Amari Bernie, I'm pretty sure this is quarters coverage right now. It's either quarters or cover one, and Amari Bernie's that hook receiver, either uh, that hook defender. Either way. Amari Bernie is that hook defender, that middle defender there. And Trevez Johnson is on Dalton Kincaid the entire way as well, coming out of that bunch set. So it's like, I don't know what Cam Rising thought he saw here, but it it was wildly bad, uh, if we're being honest. It was just one of those plays where I don't even know if the play was make a read and Cam Rising was like, I'm not. I'm throwing to Dalton Kincaid. I don't know if the play was always just go to Dalton Kincaid, but he also stumbled at the end there. I know people were talking about a lot of contact being there. Um, Here's the thing, because if you don't have a brain, you won't know this. If you're sprinting into a defender, that is not on the defender. (laughs) It just lets you run through them. And that's kind of what happened here with Dalton Kincaid. Uh, They were trying to clear things out. I think they were hoping that Rashad Torrance would be someone in deep coverage and kind of bite on the other tight end here, cutting out into the flat. Didn't happen. Trevez Johnson was the one on Dalton Kincaid. Amari Bernie was playing underneath. Cam Rising made a horrible read. Cam Rising made a horrible play. And Cam Rising threw the game ceiling interception here. And it, it was, again, one of the worst plays that I've seen, one of the worst reads that we saw, honestly, in the entire game on Saturday. Uh, it, it was pretty bad. And then we're going to take a look at one last play here. It's Cam Rising. Uh, a forced throwaway is all it is. It's not an interception, obviously. He only threw the one. We already talked about that one. It's not a sack. It's not It's not this massive play. It's, it's a forced throwaway, and I wanted to talk about it because this is something that you have to get used to if you're trying to watch the Florida Gators this season. Defensively, they want to create this controlled chaos. This was with about 9 minutes and 19 seconds left in the game. It was, uh, I believe, a 2nd and 10 or a 3rd and 10. Might be mistaken here. I'm just going off memory on that part. But Florida is either rushing four or rushing five. It depends on what you want to consider David Reese. I think his uh, his uh, responsibility might have been contained. He also might have been a man on that running back. But this is where we're talking where you've got three down linemen, two stand-up edge rushers, which, again, we – by the way, I want to talk about this also real quick. Uh, I talked about that incessantly, and so many people were like, no, they're playing outside linebacker. They're off ball. Use your brain next time. This is what we're looking at. This is kind of base three, four, and this is it too. There, there's no nickel defender here. That's not what's happening. That's Ventra, Miller, Shamar, James off ball. Rashad Torrance as a box safety. Trey Dean as the deep safety with every, with Avery Helm and Jalen Kemper as the corners. And then up front, you've got five players along the defensive line. Two of them are stand-up edge rushers in David Reese and Britton Cox Jr. Here you see Britton Cox Jr. is dropping back into coverage. He's a flat defender. I didn't worry about the left side of the field. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was setting out, I was like, I'm not worried about what Avery Helms doing because the receiver did not come across the formation. He did not come across the field. He was never in this play. 
to begin with. Shamar James shoots that A-gap right there in between the center and the guard who are obviously occupied already. David Reese bumps with one of the tight ends in this bunch set and then starts kind of rolling out wide as he sees, as he sees Cam rising roll out wide. So that's what I mean when I'm like, I don't know if David Reese was trying to be in man coverage on this running back, if he was supposed to have flat responsibility or just contain responsibility because the play was just completely busted once Shamar James came running through. And that's that controlled chaos that we're looking for. Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer, who obviously is fittingly called Coach Chaos, they want to create this absolute mayhem if you're a quarterback. And that, that's kind of what they succeeded with there because you had Shamar James shoot the gap and get right into the backfield. Honestly, it was just effortless. It seemed like it was it seemed like it was just one of the more effortless plays there that we saw from anybody. And creating pressure, especially where this team struggled creating pressure on Saturday night. Shamar James shot that A gap, forced that throw away. And again, I know they were like, oh, it wasn't a pick, it wasn't a it wasn't a forced fumble, it wasn't a sack, it wasn't any of these big things. Forced throwaways are good. Yeah, especially when you got Cam Rising who is not going to make the bad read often. That's fantastic to force that throwaway. I think also it was a weird play from Cam Rising here where Shamar James shot the gap and Cam Rising rolled right. Probably should have tried rolling left instead because pretty much everybody but the running back were rolling to the left. I don't know if this was Utah trying to also run with that R flat that we saw Florida run with Montreal Johnson and pick up a big gain. But it was it was a interesting play. I feel like Cam Rising made a few mental errors in this game. I feel like most players made a few mental errors in this game. That's not like me saying that he did anything bad. Uh, it's it's just it is what it is. I feel like you can say okay, Cam Rising made a few errors. Everybody did. It's what happened. But Florida made some great plays to force those errors. We're about to talk about Florida getting two SEC Player of the Week awards. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about some SEC Player of the Week honors going to Florida Gators. Obviously, the first one that we're going to talk about. Actually, before we even talk about those, I want to talk about something else very quickly. And that is, this week was the easiest week for a lot of for a lot of schools. This was Alabama playing Utah State and winning 55-0. This was Auburn playing Mercer. This was every SEC team, for, for the most part, we'll say, most of the SEC teams playing cupcakes comparatively. You know, this was uh, Ole Miss took on Troy, and it was like, who? what is going on? Because that's what, it, again, you get those cupcake games in week one. Um kind of kind of weird. Uh, Texas A&M took on Sam Houston. Arkansas had Cincinnati. That was a big matchup. That was a great game. Florida had Utah. That was a big matchup. That was a big game. LSU, the only SEC team to lose, and they lost to Florida State, so they suck even more than usual. But Florida had two players win SEC Player of the Week honors. Florida had Anthony Richardson win Offensive Player of the Week in the SEC. And I bring this up because Florida played Utah. Florida played a fantastic team. They didn't just beat up on scrubs. Florida played a fantastic team. Anthony Richardson won Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, I think it was well-deserved. I've been critical of him. I've been saying, but I, I also think that he made the most of what was given to him and the opportunities that were afforded to him, specifically in this game against Utah. Like I've said, I think the offense was very um very limited again i don't know if that was a lack of confidence in anthony richardson which i don't think it was i'll say that 
don't think it was a lack of confidence in Anthony Richardson. I don't know if it was necessarily just going, hey, this is how we beat Utah. Like, I, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was like, maybe Billy Napier's like, you will lose to Utah if you turn the ball over multiple times. So he figured if we don't throw the ball deep, we're less likely to turn it over and less likely to run into those issues. And I I think that's a a fair strategy. I'm happy with Anthony Richardson winning SEC Offensive Player of the Week for that performance. I was a little bit worried that at some point it might go to Stetson Bennett, who, of course, got to beat the heck out of Oregon. Uh, Another SEC game where they actually played a formidable opponent. But Oregon kind of just rolled over and died in that game. Um, if we're going to be honest with it, that's what that was. But this was not. This was Anthony Richardson's first SEC Player of the Week honor. Won't be his last, is what I'll say. I, I, I'm fairly confident saying it won't be his last, especially with Florida's schedule of Kentucky, Tennessee, A&M, Georgia, LSU. They're playing these big-name universities, which is obviously going to look more impressive when you dominate them or when you produce against them. On the defensive side of the ball, SEC had the co-defensive or Florida had the co-defensive lineman of the week in the SEC with Brenton Cox Jr., who I'll say this, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he overpursued, he did this. You have to realize some of this is what they're coached to do. And Brenton Cox Jr. was like, look, it's it's called the chase technique. That's what we're doing. I was in that chase, that trail technique, whatever you want to call it. That's what I was told to do. You could also talk about, look, Brent Cox Jr. I know he tweeted about this. He's like, I had nine tackles for a defensive end outside linebacker. That doesn't happen. That's a very rare thing to happen. That's good. That's this. No, tackles are not a good metric to determine success or talent. That being said, and I said this on yesterday's show, Brent Cox Jr. played arguably the best game I've seen him play as a Florida Gator. That is what that like. That's just how it works out. I think that was a fantastic game by Brenton Cox Jr. I think pass rush needs help, needs more consistency. I don't know why they were lined up a line off the scr- uh, yard off a line of scrimmage every single time. That was incredibly weird. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one to call them out for it. I know a lot of people have done it, but that's that's not my responsibility to do that. But I will say that Brenton Cox Jr. deserved this award. He found some success as a pass rusher. It was also like, hey, he dropped back a couple of times. It wasn't often at all, but he dropped back a couple of times. He wasn't allowed to just pin his ears back. It also seemed like at certain parts, I don't know if he was gassed or if he's dealing with something, but it seemed like he was kind of slowed down or, or rotating in when I didn't think he'd be rotating or rotating out when I didn't think he'd be rotating out. I didn't think that made a ton of sense, but it's what happened. Um, so, so it's a little weird there, but again, as far as a run defender, this was far and away Brenton Cox Jr.'s, I think, best game as a run defender in college football. So I, I'm fully on board with Brenton Cox Jr. getting this co-defensive lineman of the week award. Well-deserved. Again, I don't think this will be his last, but it might be. I mean, he didn't get it last year at all. And and he played full-time last year. It's not like Anthony Richardson where he's now a starter. But fantastic week for the Florida Gators. Tomorrow, joining me is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators tight end. We're talking about this Utah game, and we're, we're going to have a blast doing it. I'm going to let you know that right now. So thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the the podcast. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryofSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.